It's time to engage in authentic diversity and to have the conversations that aren't happening in your organization. Through these episodes, I'm going to pour out my heart and give you tips for how to do diversity, equity, and inclusion in real ways. We're going to start addressing the issues that have never been addressed. I'm going to give you brief nuggets and affirmations that you can use in your workplace so that you are effective in the work that you do. It's time to get real. Let's stop playing diversity. Hey friends, this is Dr. Monica. I hope you're doing well. Today is one of my practical tips episodes. I noticed that my listeners really enjoy these practical tips. So I want to bring one to you about being an accomplice in an organization. I recently read an article from a professor, Colleen Clemens, who talked about the difference between allyship and accompliceship. Now, I have talked about allyship on the show before, and I've also written a lot about it. One of my favorite points about allyship is you're not my ally if I don't say you are. You have to really show that you are this person who I can trust, not someone who thinks I can trust them. My point is that we often think of a diversity, equity, and inclusion accomplice as somebody who is really aggressive. And I will admit that there's a social justice and an activism perspective to that that is really important. It's also important to understand that the difference between being an ally and an accomplice is that an ally is often focused more on themselves. I think that they sometimes profit more from saying they're an ally so they kind of get the credit. It's like being very visible. An accomplice is more strategic and is more focused on the systemic aspect of the work that needs to be done when it comes particularly to equity. So an accomplice is going to make sure that if they're in the system, they're looking at the policies and the processes and all the things that could possibly make that system um, inequitable. They're making sure that they are moving in ways that ensure all people have opportunities to succeed, particularly given the historical issues in that system or even within bigger systems. So in the United States, you can look at um, higher education, which is where I work, and the systems that operate within higher education. Go back to the history of who it was established for. Go back to the way that only within the 20th century were certain populations able to enter flagship universities and institutions. Look back at some of the demographics, look at some of the data of when women, people of color, and other groups of people trailblazed and you'll see that it has not been that long so anytime you're in an organization those are the historical things whenever you push against a system 
that is used to operating the way that it has operated, you're going to see tension, you're going to experience a lot of change, you're going to have conflicts. And many people don't understand that that is normal. It is not bad to have people who now explicitly say, I believe this or I believe that. It's not negative for people to now push because you have something to push against. There are some people who are pushing into the system and there are some people who are pushing out of the system. They're pushing the boundaries of that system. And you have to realize that this um, tension is just part of it. A system has its rules. And I've, I've talked about the difference between insubordination and human rights in the past, but whenever you have someone or something new that comes into a system to broaden the participation of people in that system, it's going to seem as if policies are being challenged. Many times they are being pushed because you are applying the rules in a way that they've never been applied. You're going to have to do a lot in terms of policy evaluation. So you have to apply the policy. You need to have a few moments to kind of see how it plays out. What are some of the loopholes in the policies? What are some of the gaps? And once you get that data, then how do you transform that? How do you change it? How do you critique it in a way that strengthens the policy and makes it really robust for anyone who comes in? This is once again, part of the normal process of being in a system that is expanding the boundaries of who is present in that system. If you are an accomplice in that system, particularly a leader, it is your responsibility to ensure that the policies are one, created, two, evaluated, three, they are revised as needed, and four, that this process continues. You're going to experience so much tension, you're going to experience resistance, and your role as an accomplice and as a leader is to stand firm. Not because you're rigid, but because this is what it looks like when you expand systems that may have been inequitable. So I want to use this episode to correct the language of accompliceship and to let you know that it's not a bad thing, but to say you're almost obligated as a leader to ensure that you're an accomplice because there is something disingenuous when you bring someone into a system that expects to remain the same. The way that system moves will not be the same. And you have to change how you move to accommodate everyone in that system. A way to evaluate this that I often tell people is to look at a policy and, and get feedback about how it's being implemented. That's a very practical thing to do. Don't be afraid to ask questions because believe me, people have opinions. And if you don't ask the questions out loud, people will still talk about it. They may gossip about it. They may be very quiet about it. They may form a group chat where they talk about it, but it's being talked about. And as a leader, you want to get the information that's necessary. And as a leader, it's also important for you to not be offensive when people tell you what's necessary for the system to move and to improve. That is part of this accomplishment journey. It is part of your leadership journey. It is part of your growth. So friends, this was a lot. 
but it's still very practical. You could take what I've said and really break it down, take it to your HR office, take it to your DEI office, take it to your compliance office, take it to your leadership who don't even have anything to do with diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I want you to translate it in a way that matters to you. Create your own accompliceship roadmap based on what I'm telling you in today's episode. So your nugget is exactly that. Every accomplice is going to be different. Where you work is different. Who you lead is different. How you move is different. And we take all of that into consideration, but that's why you have to create your own blueprint. So think about that. Today's affirmation is, I am an accomplice in and out of my organization. I am a deliberate accomplice in and out of my organization. Take that word very seriously because this is a strategic process that is actionable if you make it actionable. Friends, contact me, all social media platforms at Dr. Monica Cox, info at drmonicacox.com. Check out my website and get in touch with me. I want to hear how you are applying what I'm telling you. And if you need me to come in, I've got a business for that. We could go through the steps. We can create your roadmap. We can implement, give you a timeline and do what's necessary to make sure that this work is not just a podcast, but it is executed in your space. Friends, I've got you. I've always got you on an individual level and on a systems level. So do the work, listen to this episode, share this episode and know that we are going to make it to our promised land together. I'll talk to you next time.